0: Welcome to the Walrus and the Carpenter. My name is Jason Alligott. I'm a teaching pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Peoria. And with me as always is Gary Gere, pastor of Calvary Baptist Bible Church, also in Peoria. Gary, what color is the sky in your world today, my friend?
1: Well, it's it's all right. I started putting wearing sandals again, so summer has come. I have not yet moved into the shorts and Hawaiian shirt stage, but I Well, that's
0: inconsistent because the like, two episodes ago, you said you did have a wine shirt I on. I did
1: wine shirt, but I did not have shorts. You didn't you, have you, shorts. Okay. You have to have the trifecta of the, okay. the I sandals, got <laughs> the shorts, and the shirt. Just the shirt or just the sandals are inadequate. That's actually called compromise. Okay. And that means that you're sitting on the fence. Yes. You know, you're not fully embracing
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, man, uh, I don't know what to say after that. I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't know how to deal with uh, Gary's clothing choices, but... Um,
1: Neither do I. That's what my wife pulls
0: tonight
1: out <laughs> a lot of times. Here, wear this today.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I'm grateful for her. Let me just say that. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I thought that for this episode today, it would be fun for us to just kind of talk about uh, what we've been preaching through... Um, as we're, we're both pastors, so we're continually preaching, both of us just kind of getting back into gathering together uh, with our folks. And so maybe we've taken a little bit of uh, some um, side roads because of what's been going on, but uh, we're both preachers of God's Word. We uh, love expositional preaching uh, just as a, a little bit of a precursor here to our conversation. Expositional preaching does not always mean that you're walking through a book, though that is typically what Gary and I do, is is walk through books of the Bible. But you can do a topical message that is expositional. We've talked on that in the past in, in some of our episodes. But I thought it would be great for us to, just for our own edification and for uh, for those who like to listen in to what we have to say, for some reason, people like to listen to what we have to say. <laughs> well, you know
1: what? That, um, that, that, that that throws up a real good question right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. How do you choose what mm. you're going to preach on?
0: Mm. That's a great uh, great question. Um, you know, whatever tickles my fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching files uh, the other yeah, day, and yeah, my yeah. word thought I'd yeah, talk about yeah. aliens. So, uh, of course, it can't be that because you, you spend uh, sometimes – Uh, Several months to sometimes a couple of three years walking through a book. So it can't be whatever tickles your fancy. As I said, I was kidding. But yeah, um, many times it is based on what I think and even conversations with my elders about where I think the church is and what would be helpful for us to walk through um, together, so for instance, many years ago, I did a very high view of the Pentateuch. I remember that because I thought it would be important for the folks to to understand the foundation of the rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament as mm-hmm. well, so that wasn 't as expositional, but I thought it was something good to reorient us toward that foundation in the in the pentateuch okay um but you know um For instance, I did go through the book of Daniel not that long ago because of sort of the cultural climate and some of the things politically and things we're walking through, though I try to avoid speaking about politics specifically. I thought it would be important for us to think about what does it mean to be a people that are, um, you know, in, in in a sense, we're not, you know, citizens of this earth as much as we're sojourners through this earth, through right. our citizenry pilgrims. And, and pilgrims, right, and, and, you know, headed for um, uh, our eternal rest. And so I just thought, hey, we're in a moment where I think it's important for us to, to talk about this. How about you, Gary? How do you d- determine?
1: I actually look to see what you're preaching, yeah. <laughs> and I try to stay about three weeks behind. Yeah, me. yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> um, I don't—you
1: know, it's, it's interesting you say that. Um, I—, I I, I think there needs to be intentionality about it. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get me wrong. Right. But I kind of also there's a combination of not only okay, what do my people need? Right. But in recognizing sovereignty it's almost like the way I choose what to read sometimes. Some, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm I'm very deliberate. I want to read up on a subject. But sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to pick up a book off the shelf that I've not read. I'm just going to read it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I find when I approach it that way, God has arranged it so that I needed to know what I read about a month ago. Sure. And with preaching, it works that way sometimes, too. Sometimes it's very intentional. In fact, as we've been doing coronavirus— um for the last two months and we're starting to come out of that now we have we have been very deliberate and intentional having an expository approach to some topical issues for instance the role of the church in society Mm -hmm. why is why is the government so anti-church in the midst of all of this we we went through ephesians 2 4 through 10 Mm -hmm. um we also talked about how um what and that what actually brings change in the church? We talked about the supernatural nature mm-hmm. of the church, First Corinthians chapter two, sure. and just to remind people of all these various things, saying, okay, don't forget this. And We even went through James four at one point, which I think you've mentioned you did or someone else did. You knew mm-hmm. we're talking about you know what is God deciding. Mm-hmm. As far as going next, we, this is an example for us that we can't be cocky about what's happening down right. the line. So right. sure. it's, it's kind of a jumble. Now, starting this next Sunday, I'm starting on Amos. Oh, yeah. Um, Wonderful. Well, for a few reasons. First of all, I just love the Minor Prophets, all to pieces. I, mm-hmm. I I think they're awesome. And I think Amos says a lot to the idea of justice on a global scale and on an immediate scale, tying that in very tightly with the holiness of God, and it recalibrates what our concept of justice is, if I may put it that way.
0: Sure. No, I think that's really good, and especially for the cultural moment in which we find ourselves, which, again, is important to the— the task that we have as pastors and preachers. Uh, by the way, do you have James Boyce's commentary or it used to be a double commentary? Now it's single commentary on the minor prophets. No, no, yeah.
1: I have uh McCloskey's okay. and a few other ones. I just, in fact, I'm waiting for Stewart's in the mail.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm waiting for Douglas. Yeah. I, I'd let you borrow that if you're interested in it. Um, uh, at all. But uh, yeah, so one of the other things that I thought that came to mind, I thought this was where you were going to possibly go, is even the idea of interest that we have. So you, you were saying, not only is it the what I think the congregation needs to hear, and I was thinking, yeah, there's also this part of interest, like I, I would be really interested in walking through the book of Hebrews, or the book of Romans, or or the book of Amos.
1: And I, I think that's a very important part especially when you look at it in terms of expository preaching. Mm-hmm. It's base if if you're doing it right, you're chaining yourself to the text. That's right. And you're having it take you wherever it's going. Right. And you fa- you always find yourself in new territory. Yeah. And it's sometimes I tell the people I'm like I'm doing this more for my benefit than for yours mm-hmm. because I want to figure this out.
0: Yeah, for absolutely. Do you ever feel um and this is really more of a conversation you and I are having here. Do you ever feel guilty about the fact that you and I are are never going to be able to preach expositionally through the entire Bible? No. Okay.
1: No, H- B- B- because for several reasons. First reason being is have let me ask you this, have you gone through a message you preached about a year ago and you look at that and you say wow, I missed a lot in that? Really oh, absolutely.
0: Sucked. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, Yeah, I won't use that foul language, but yes. I- so no, I'm kidding with you.
1: I'm going to throw something at you here in a moment. Um, but why? Why would I think mm-hmm. going through the entire Bible yeah. would be any more beneficial? Yes, I. I mean, I would love to preach the entire Bible before yeah. I pass. Yeah. But at the same time, I know once I get through. I'm going to have to revisit tons of stuff that yeah. I've now that I see differently sure. 10 years down the road, or I'll look at from a different angle. Yeah. Which, let me ask you this how many times, and, and be honest, but I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable. No, it's fine. Re preaching a message. Yeah. What
0: do you think about that? Yeah. First of all, when I'm in your presence, I'm uncomfortable always. So
1: Okay. Well, we have the restraining <laughs> order. So there's that. No. Uh, six feet away. No,
0: I do. I actually do that quite often, especially when I'm going to guest preach somewhere. Okay. But what I will do oftentimes, it, it's never 100% the same. <coughs> I will go through and edit. And, you know, like you just said, there, there may be things that I thought, oh, man, I missed this or, or something along those lines. Um, but uh, I don't have a problem with it. I, I of course, love fresh study Uh when I when I'm walking through a book, you know, starting in uh, at uh, at the end of John six here, starting into John seven in a few weeks. But, um, yeah, there's something about cracking something new open and working through that. But there's also something um, good about, you know, not having to perhaps when there's something that's come up and been busy, a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, Keith Troop says, there are times where he's preaching through a book and, and he just realizes I haven't had the time. I'm I'm wrestling with something. I've I've hit a roadblock here. Um, I need to spend more time in this text. I'll preach it next week. So for this week, I'm going to preach an old text or, you know, an old sermon. Um, And so, so to rework something, I don't have an issue with that. How about you?
1: I think I can count on two hands the number of times I've re-preached a message. And you may disagree with this, and but for me, if I were to go somewhere else and preach a message I've preached before, mm-hmm. I would feel like I'd be more performing than I mm-hmm. would preaching. Now, that's unfair, though. I, I realize technically, Gary, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But in my heart, it's like, no, I I, sure. I, I always need to give something fresh. Sure. Um, now, once in a while, it, 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 and it's interesting, I've, I've been trying to explain to other people that when I do my and you may do this too, uh, where, where you do a, a down and dirty message. Mm-hmm. We're basically you're only given an hour to throw something together. Sure, sure. I mainly pull that from my devotional life. Yeah, yeah. I, I look over what I've been studying the last week in my devotions, and I compile things and I bring it together and I just I just lay that. Yeah, out. and those
0: uh, certainly those times have happened where it's a last minute thing. And I would say I would tend to do more of what you just said, which is sort of. At, on the spur of the moment, go with what I've been studying recently and, yeah. and and rather than pulling something out of the file. Yeah. um, You know, typically when you're being asked to preach somewhere, they're asking you for a topic or something along those lines. And, and you know, certainly there are times where I've gone fresh with that, but other times, even sometimes had people ask, would you come and preach this series, you know, this, these okay. four or five messages, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a problem with re-preaching. I would have a problem if I just pulled it out of the file and just from scratch, just, or from, uh, not from scratch, but just walked up to the pulpit with it as as it is. Yeah. I, I can't do that. No, I have to I, review it. I have to uh, write new notes, you know, it's, so it's not a total, you know, carbon copy.
1: No. and, I'm betting most pastors don't do that who Mm re-preach, in all fairness. I remember back in Bible college, and this is before your time at the Bible college that we shall not name, (laughs) um, the pastor who was there at the time, and this is Bob Taylor, but he talked about how he had all of his messages filed, and he had all of the dates written on the side and when he had preached those messages. Yeah. And I kind of twitched a little bit with that.
0: Sure, sure. Why?
1: I don't know, maybe I conflated that with the idea of a traveling evangelist who basically okay. preaches the same message, same five messages 85 right. times yeah. in a year. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. Um, but now let me say um, as well, let's say the Lord were to call us to another pastorate. Um, I would feel uncomfortable, especially on Sunday mornings, I'll qualify this in just a second, with, with, with using messages from the past. Now, I have here, because I'm called upon to teach... When things aren't going crazy with COVID virus, um, I I, um, I have been called to preach on or teach on things, you know, three or four times a week. And I don't have a problem at all going back to an old series for a, a Sunday night message yeah. or for Sunday school material or things like that. Um, again, always being reworked, though. It's never just pulling it and going with it. How,
1: so. how hard is it for you to find new things to preach on or to teach on? Let me put it that way.
0: How hard is it to find? Yeah I don't think anything I don't think hard at all okay. in the sense of that there's always something that either interests me or I think we need to address okay as as <clears throat> either me or someone else in the Sunday school um, hour uh, you know so um, there's so that that actually reminds me of a question I was thinking of earlier related to the question of not being able to preach the entire word of God. And no, nobody's going to be able to do right. that. I don't you know, you know, care how many years.
1: Except you. for Chriswell.
0: Well, did he actually?
1: W.A. Chriswell, although his is a spit and a promise in some areas, if mm-hmm. I may put it that
0: way. Sure, understood, yeah. Um, you know, the style of preaching that you and I do, <laughs> let me just put it that way. Um, now, I've done, like when I did Daniel, I did a chapter a week. Yeah. You know, I just thought that that's the best way to capture right. that. That okay. that book, but anyway, um, the the question that it uh, led me to ask you, and then we can kind of dialogue about this a little bit is: what about you know the idea that we need to preach the entire counsel of God's word? If we're not necessarily going to preach through every book, what does it mean to preach the entire counsel <laughs> of God's word? And I'm not trying. That's not no, a gotcha or no, anything. No, I'm, no, I'm Just no, curious about it, your it, thoughts it, on it. It
1: is a gotcha, but it is it's an interesting question because the way i've gotten pushback sometimes from even people i've preached to they've been like "gary why are you going to ecclesiastes mm-hmm. that that makes no sense or or mm-hmm. you know why are you spending the time you do in the old testament" right and there there is a section of christianity unfortunately that unless it's directly related to the narrative of the gospel itself, mm-hmm. they don't see much use for anything else.
0: Sure, sure.
1: And I admit that we don't want to atomize the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And you know that I'm not a huge fan of like every every passage bleeds red, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bleeds mm-hmm. of replies. But I mm-hmm. will say. That there's not a single part of the Old Testament that doesn't provide a foundation as either the importance of the gospel mm-hmm. or the power of the
0: gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: if, if if I put it that way, absolutely. So, so I I move back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, before um, before COVID, we did a survey of Proverbs. Yeah, we we didn't do every single chapter, of mm-hmm, course, mm-hmm. but we looked at several of the bigger concepts and some all, and, and several of the larger passages. Yeah, And again, that points pretty directly to having an affection towards God mm-hmm. and having a relationship with, with him. Um, no,
0: that's right. And one of the things that you asked, you know, how do you determine? That's actually one of the um, ways that I determine is I try to, if I'm preaching New Testament in the morning, I'm preaching Old Testament at night, and vice okay. versa. I try to keep that balance. It doesn't always work out that way right. because you end a book before you begin another one, but that's typically the balance I try to keep. So yeah, I would answer that question about the um, entire counsel of God's Word by saying we're always drawing in uh, from God's Word some part of, of the Scriptures in order to um, balance um the, the Word of God as an entire book. In other yeah. words, we have a biblical theology that we believe, um, you know, these books are written by di- different authors, but there's a divine author as well. And so God has something to say. Perhaps um, if I'm looking at Ecclesiastes, I'm, I'm bringing some New Testament things to right. bear upon that because I'm in a New Testament church, right? So there's there's things that I need to bring in that maybe bear witness to what is happening in the book of Ecclesiastes, Well, you, if you, that makes sense. No,
1: it makes total mm-hmm. sense. I think one of the things I also do is I'm expository always preaching through a particular book, But I and I, I just realized this, on a pretty consistent basis, I'm also teaching through a biblical theology on something or yeah. other. Yeah. In fact, today, well, I just finished it up, and for tonight in preparation, we're going to start on a biblical theology of government and law enforcement. Okay. And we're starting in Genesis, going through the law, and the idea of when did God first hand the sword over to mankind, Mm. what did that sword look like, Mm -hmm. Um, what was God responsible for, what was man responsible for, and how does that slowly develop through the Old Testament into the New Testament, and of course, we'll get to the point, how does the gospel address all of these issues? Right. But I find myself on a fairly consistent basis doing Mm -hmm. a biblical theology on something. Yeah taking him through. And to me, that would be the entire counsel of that's God. Right. Okay, let's yeah, start back good. in Genesis and look at this concept and just develop it all the
0: way through. Now, you said recently you've been addressing some of the more cultural matters on Sunday mornings. Uh, have you been preaching through a book on Sunday mornings, or are you uh, getting ready to, you said uh, well, you're getting ready it's, to it's, do. It's,
1: it's basically Amos. Amos, this, that's right. You're getting this, this, ready to this this do Amos. Sunday
0: morning. This coming, okay. So yeah. that's when you're going to kick that off. Right. Uh, do you guys do, I'm trying to remember, forgive me for not, Sunday evenings is. uh Don't. None at all? No. Okay. No,
1: we, we switched to uh, small groups. Yeah.
0: And um. Wednesday nights? Wednesday nights is, is— Doing the biblical theology of well, law enforcement. It, yeah, and it was and basically, for government. a while, it
1: was just a time almost of strictly prayer. Yeah. But I'm starting to shift over more and uh, do more Bible teaching. In fact— we may even add on another evening teaching time service, whether it be Sunday night or Sunday afternoon or whatever
0: else. What about Sunday school? I know that you guys do some rotations of teachers. Um, are you currently teaching anything?
1: I teach the teens right now. Okay. And I just go through basic youth curriculums, deciding what they need. I know my teens pretty well. Sure. So... Yeah. There's a fair amount of time and uh, interaction with them as far as that goes. Yeah.
0: Now, you just mentioned the word curriculum, which some people think is like Ichabod. They don't want to have to mess with the curriculum. Have why, you...
1: invent the wheel? why Why reinvent the wheel Right. but realize everything always needs editing? A-
0: a- an adaptation, right? So, yeah. So we found, maybe just as a way of, of resourcing some things here for those who may be listening in, we found the Capitol Hill material to be really helpful. I don't know if you've ever looked at their – they make all of their um, – basically thirteen six to thirteen week lessons available mm. online and we've used those and adapted those to our you know okay. uh folks and and it's just an easy way for capable teachers to not have to reinvent the wheel as you okay. said um but you know they're working through it throughout the week and and they're and they're presenting what is you know adapted mm. and edited for um our church um as well but yeah I think that one of the things that um we you and I have noticed and and have worked through as pastors in the American context as well is the idea of Sunday morning only, you know, type mentality. And, um, you know, one of the things my father-in-law said years ago was that it's a shame that the church doesn't offer more teaching throughout the week, and I think we both both have just expressed this idea that we're, you know, teaching, trying to teach the whole counsel of God's word, working through books, sometimes hitting topical messages and these kinds of things. Um, what does it mean, Gary, for us to um, follow Colossians 1, and 29, to, to seek to present someone complete in Christ? As we're thinking through just kind of normal, everyday ministry, every week we're preaching, you know, how, how do we accomplish that? I think,
1: first of all, you have to have a knowledge of your people. Mm-hmm. You have to know your people personally. You have to know where they are. Sure. You have to know if someone has picked up a copy of Jesus Calling and things mm-hmm. and think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have to know what your people are watching on TV mm-hmm. and how they spend their, their spare time. And mm-hmm. I don't say that in a totally reactionary sense but just the general flow of their life you mm-hmm. will see how they respond to things and you see what they need to understand about God's word it also helps you be proactive mm-hmm. because you're like hey you know i I'm, I'm i'm going to build a greater understanding of what it means to evangelize or build build a greater an understanding of the role of the holy spirit in somebody's mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and just overall and i think in combination with teaching the entire part, and, and by the way, that that uh, strategy needs to be very dynamic. Mm. Going back to what your father-in-law said, if, if it doesn't work Thursday, you know, Sunday night, make it Saturday morning. Make sure. it Tuesday afternoon. Right. And it's hard for us, especially as pastors, and I will be honest, um, and I'm going to say this, to people who are members of congregations and this is always a lose-lose situation we always need to hear from the congregation as far as what they think Mm. but when your congregation runs 100 plus it will always hurt at some time to hear what they think sure no matter what yeah yeah but it can't be avoided.
0: Oh, no, that's right. That's so good.
1: You, so you need a thick skin as a pastor. Yeah, yeah. And
0: In, some people will be more vocal than others about that right. for whatever reason. But and yeah. some
1: people are going to want very silly things. Right, right, sure. And and some people want very serious <laughs> things that you don't want to do because of your own sin problems.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's really, really good. Um, so uh, just to mention what we're going through, I mentioned Gospel of John on, uh, Sunday mornings. And, uh, we've been on Wednesday nights actually walking through the Heidelberg Catechism, though there are things we would disagree with, obviously baptism being one of those uh, matters in the Heidelberg. It's just neat to study through, um, a question and answer that occurs so close to the uh, Reformation because it's written within about right. hundred years. And of course there's a lot of reaction against Roman Catholicism, which again is helpful in our area. Right. Um, but, but, um, Yeah, just a a, you know, sort. It's sort of a systematic theology, um, ish, if I if Mm -hmm. you if I could say that um, sort of study, because it walks through these questions and answers, and uh, we just have a great time. um, You know, give the question, read the answer, go through the scriptures that are given as proofs, and then kind of dialogue about that. Um, on our on our Wednesday evenings, um, it's it's been so long since because of COVID, uh, doing Sunday school. We we were doing a demons and angels class taught by someone else for our adult class. Uh-huh. You know, we kind of have the curriculum going on for our kids through uh, different means. Uh, some of it's um, I think some of it's Lifeway, um, and then we use uh, Great Great Commandment, okay, I think or Great Commission. Great Commission is another curriculum that we use uh, for our for our kids um uh, but uh yeah it's been um a while since we did sunday evening i think i it's hard i, I think i was going through ephesians i honestly don't remember <laughs> which is terrible i i think ephesians is what i was going yeah i'm doing ephesians on sunday nights and we we'll, we may get to back to that eventually now
1: as as far as your preparation goes what's your average time for preparation for a sermon and yeah. let, and let's not get all john mccarthy
0: yeah no, it's, yeah um i would say i would say you know Probably fair 8 to 10 would be about what I spend. You know, of course, it's going through my mind. I'm thinking about it, that kind of a thing. But what about you?
1: It depends. I mean, sometimes it can be as high as 15. Yeah, it depends. I I find out for me if I do it early in the week and I get all my exegesis done and all that, and then I'm just thinking about it through the Mm -hmm. week and Mm -hmm. noting it, it's much better and much richer by the end. Um, Yeah.
0: Do you, you spend any time Sunday morning finishing up at all? When do you finish?
1: I try to finish on Friday or Saturday at the very latest. Sunday morning, I look at it. I'm, I'm, I am almost feel guilty when I see, like, Daniel Bennett's sermons or your sermons, you know, and there's all these notes written on the side and everything, and I'm like, I just typed it all in and did a yeah. few highlights. And, and what do you—and do you do, what, manuscript? Uh, yeah, a
0: little bit of a between a— uh, outline in a manuscript. It's not... Okay. Sometimes it's, it feels like it's 100% manuscripted. Other times it feels like it's less that. It uh, okay. depends on how married to my notes I am. But... Okay. Yeah, I do I do finish on Sunday mornings. Um, I get up about 5.30 on Sunday mornings and my... Uh, typically my introduction and my illustration are not done at okay. that point. Um, and usually probably some end matters as well. Um, but, um, it just, for me that it's, it's not the procrastinator thing that like I do better work under pressure, but it, it keeps it fresh for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, I've worked through and edited, you know, that work, Mm -hmm. um, Right, right up until about 7.30 or so, and then, okay. yeah, print it off, ready to go. Now, Gary Gilley, you know who Gary is down at Southern View Chapel in Springfield? You heard the name before? Yeah, I, th- I think he mentioned Yeah, me. yeah. Gary is four to six weeks ahead in his sermons. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but that's...
1: How does one keep fresh in what you're yeah, preaching? Yeah, so he,
0: he, um, he just reviews it. Um, I don't know. He must be working on one while reviewing the other throughout the week. I just couldn't do that. Yeah, so, no. but I, I've heard of you know guys in in uh, doctoral programs in uh, reformed uh, seminaries that they they expect you to know what you're going to preach like a schedule for the next year like that was one of the projects one of my friends had to do in his D like really each week this is what I'm going to be preaching scheduled out and I just can't do that
1: I, here and here's here's one of the things and I've I've talked with some of the other guys here in the area and they talk about it. And when they schedule out messages ahead, especially when they're doing an expository of a particular book, mm-hmm. I find as I go through a book, my viewpoint of what yeah. that book teaches changes. Yeah. And my schedule constantly gets. And the structure out. Yes. is different. Than, yes. The, yeah. the, and it shifts. And by yeah. the, by the, in fact, what I try to do each week when I sit down after I preached one message, I try to read through the entire book again yeah. and see how I see it differently. Right. And that that does change things.
0: Now, when I did the Pentateuch, because it was such a big right. chunk, and, and doing the overview, I did schedule out. This is what I'm hoping to get well, through. Yeah. You know, in that because you're sort talking of more th- thematic, issues thematic, anyway. and that's right. Yeah, um, but yeah, from week to week, you know, I can forecast a little bit. I was going to have somebody else do a uh, message on. Um, textual criticism as we get to John 8, because huh. of the whole, you know, Brick Bay adultery and all that right. in there. Um, but, uh, you know, then COVID hit. But even just trying to project out like that, you know, um, and say, here's when you're going to do this message on textual criticism, I can't even... <laughs> tell you exactly. It may be in July, maybe in August, but you know, that kind of a thing. So anyway, we're, we're kind of at the end of our time here, Gary, any additional thoughts that you have or
1: people in the congregation need to give us feedback. Yeah. They need to give us feedback. We're, we're not always going to like it. Right. And it's not always going to be accurate. And sometimes it'll be too accurate, but we need to hear from the congregation, what they think or how they're being impacted by the teaching.
0: Awesome. Thanks, man. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our bit of meandering here uh, today uh, with just some thinking out loud together um, about what we're currently doing and the way we've done things in ministry here um, and, um, if you have any questions or comments or feedback for especially Gary's sermons, uh, <laughs> uh you can reach us at wallcarpradio.wordpress.com or facebook.com slash radio. We do appreciate it. If you get onto iTunes and give us a rating, there, uh, helps, uh, with folks seeing our show and, um, just grateful to have listeners. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.